Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. I'm so excited for you to hear this week's episode. My friend and very special guest, Dr. Lizzie Kiefer, takes us through her fertility, birth, and postpartum journey with an inside lens on all of the troubles and all of the triumphs to bring her sweet baby girl into this world. This conversation is different than all other birth episodes and podcasts. I was able to serve Lizzie and her husband as their birth doula, and this is the time we set aside to go back and reflect on the entire experience and why Dr. Lizzie's journey from conception to birth unfolded the way she had prayed. I know a piece of every woman will heal listening to this episode as Lizzie's story and her message for women is medicine to the soul. Stay tuned to the very end where Dr. Lizzie reveals what she has created for women around the world to heal and experience her medicine in the postpartum period. You will not want to miss out on this incredible episode. So let's dive in already. You absolutely are capable of healing. No matter what any doctor or person has told you about your mental state or your physical state, or that you're deemed normal, you absolutely can heal. And that goes into my second part is to advocate for yourself. And I'm super passionate about this and, and advocating for yourself through all aspects of womanhood. So fertility, if you don't feel right about something, or you feel like something's off and everyone keeps telling you you're normal, or you have to do this or that and you feel deep in your gut, you need to trust your intuition and trust your instincts that it's not right. And the answers are out there for you. And you may have to dig for yourself, um, but advocate, keep advocating for yourself. And that goes into your birthing experience. If you feel in your gut or you have an intuition of this is what I want out of it. And this is what I deserve. Find it and you will find it and just keep advocating yourself. And then it goes into the postpartum period as well. If you feel like something is off, it is not just, this is how it is to be a mom, to have these issues. Keep advocating for yourself because your body can heal. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. I am here with my friend and very special guest, Dr. Lizzie Kiefer. She's a doctor of physical therapy. She specializes in women's health, specifically pregnancy, postpartum, and fertility wellness. I know there's been so many questions filtering in for the podcast on the topic, so I decided to bring her on, and she focuses on a holistic, full-body approach. This is like what women need. 
She believes movement is truly medicine and there is power in the mind muscle connection. Lizzie says that when we can tune into our bodies, we can find where the root causes and establish long lasting results that don't rely on band-aids for so used to being given. Lizzie teaches simple movements that have a profound effect on healing and getting stronger when done consistently and with intention. Lizzie says even just 10 minutes a day of focused work can get you results. And as a mama, she knows that sometimes that's all we have as women is a 10 quick minutes. And she believes every woman should have the tools to learn to fix their issues and feel empowered and regaining strength and confidence. As you can tell, Lizzie is all lit up about women's health and for a very great reason. Women all over the United States work with Lizzie for a completely transformed women's health and pelvic healing experience through pregnancy, preparing for birth and postpartum. I'm going to tell you all about and ask Lizzie about her offerings and how you can get in touch with her, but her story is so important. So Lizzie, can I ask you when, hello, welcome, glad you're here. And then when <laughs> hello. passion for women's health began, I mean, what you've done and where you're at is incredible. So I'm just curious, like, how did this start for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. And of course I love talking about this stuff. I could talk all day about it. So gosh, women's health. When did I first become passionate about it? I feel like, you know, in physical therapy school, they never really talked a ton about women's health and it wasn't a huge topic, even the pelvic floor, which is kind of crazy to think about. And so it wasn't until after school that I really started to dive into women's health and Initially, I went into an orthopedic, just a general orthopedic setting for physical therapy. And it was about a year and a half after that. And I just kind of started getting more input from friends about certain things they were going through as they were having babies and stuff. And even my, my family members too, of all the common things we hear, such as seeing your pants and just issues with the pelvic yes. floor. And, you know, I was like, I can, I can help these people. Like I know the body, I know the anatomy and I, I can help these women. So I really just dove in there from helping with friends and family. And that's where it all just began and sprouted. <laughs> that's amazing. So you were working in, was it more of like a traditional physical therapy setting? And what yes. Yeah. Patients were you seeing and treating and what was going on in your mind? <laughs> so you were doing. Yeah. Okay. So this is where it kind of gets into a story. So Yes, it was a traditional orthopedic setting where I was seeing, I mean, people from vestibular issues, so like dizziness and all of that, concussions, all the way to post-operative hip replacement. So it was a very wide variety of individuals that I was seeing. And although I loved the variety of it and treating these clients, I just had this itch inside of me that I wasn't in the right place and I wasn't where I was meant to be, I felt like. So really the push that got me to go into more specifically women's health and starting my own practice was my own fertility issues. And I think that kind of spurred, you know, part of the unhappiness within my job that I was in. And so the other aspect of it is it kind of spurred my creativity as well. And kind of figuring out where, like, where is my happiness or where am I feeling being led, um, from this journey that I'm on? So, um, yeah, I was seeing all these different patients. And then after we kind of started having those fertility issues, it really dug into starting my own practice and, and seeing um, the women's health clients. So you were working for about a year and a half and you were like, I got a jailbreak. I'm ready to do my own thing. What was yes. that experience and process like of leaving 
a traditional well-set-up system to do something completely different and completely on your own? Yeah, well, of course it was scary for sure. And I, you know, going through school, I was like, I'm never going to open my own practice. I just didn't really feel like I was ever going to be cut out for that or that was me. And it wasn't until March of 2020 when, you know, the world got a little bit crazy and um, then, you know, our fertility struggles and everything. And I just had this idea that what if I just started my own little cash business? And I always had in the back of my head, if it went wrong, there was always other options to go back into the corporate PT world. And when I brought this up to my husband and my brother and sister-in-law, we were all having dinner together and my husband just took it and ran with it. And he was like, Lizzie, you have to do this. Like, Wow. you're going to kill it. You need to do this. And oh, man. so he, he, yeah, he started sprinkling it in my head and just, I mean, within a few weeks I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And that was March of 2020. And um, I opened my practice in June of 2020. So it was just a few months of getting things wow. together and just, I went gung ho for it. And wow. yes, it was super scary and super, I mean, all the unknowns, it took a lot in me to build that confidence to just go for it. And, um, I I'm very thankful for Matt for pushing me to do that. So and you just started like word of mouth marketing, telling people yeah. what you're doing and you found your place inside of the salon you're at. Yes. Yeah. It was really just a grind at first. And I, um, you know, some of my clients followed me and, um, the rest of it was mostly just going to little events or going into yoga studios and saying, Hey, come in for a treatment. I'd love to show you what I do. And, um, I started my Instagram then as well to kind of get the word out and it really just started trickling and, um, yeah, word of mouth was the biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to get into the Instagram because Lizzie, when I met you several years ago, <laughs> at our good friend, Dr. Jess Folke's office journey chiropractic, you had started an Instagram account because I remember we started following each other and now, and you had just started it. And now you have like hundreds of thousands of women following your page for help. You've created something incredible. I mean, you're Instagram alone could help a woman heal. Can you share about why you created this community online and why you believe this movement was such a huge success for you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I can't believe it myself, the, the growth that it has had. And really I, I started it because I started my business. So I needed a face for my business really in kind of marketing type of things. So that's initially why I started it. And then I just posted free content that I found helpful for myself and just things that I would even tell my clients too. So it really started building off of giving away that free content and building that trust with people to come in and see me. So a lot of it was just consistency and just sticking with it and putting as much free content out there as I possibly could. So, yeah. You've done an amazing job. <laughs> Thank and you so I'm much. Sure one part of you was like, oh my gosh, I've created this amazing thing. And the next was like, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of another full-time endeavor. Oh my gosh, it is totally a full-time job and it really has grown into more and more as I've connected with other people on it and really have started to build that community on there and just different partnerships and stuff. It It is a job in a sense to make sure the content is out there and created in a way that I want it to be created and um, given the message that I want it to be. And so, yes, it's a job. I still love it, but um, it does require quite a bit of work. <laughs> if you're listening, go to doc Lizzie PT, correct? DPT. DPT. D-O-C-L-I-Z-Z-I-E DPT on Instagram. Join the community of a bajillion women. And then I <laughs> promise you, if you just scroll for like 
two finger placements, you will see something on there that your body as a woman can benefit from. It's amazing. I love your content, Lizzie. Thank, well, you, thank you so much that for women. Of course. I, I mean, like I said, I love doing it. So, okay. Well, everyone can check that out and we'll talk more about it, but I am super curious about your fertility journey because through our friendship and our work together, I've got to know a little bit behind the scenes, but I don't think I even know everything. So what was your journey like to conceive your baby girl? And then I would love to get into the fertility method you're trained in. Cause I think it's yes. fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's mercy therapy is a very beautiful thing. So we will go into depth with that, but um, I'm going to try to make this concise, but detailed, um, so people can get the picture, We're but here for the story. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my fertility journey started in 2018 and 2018 is when I really started to, um, think about when we wanted to have kids and thought, okay, now we're just going to not, not try, um, weren't specifically like really trying each month, but just, we're going to kind of see how things went. And so my problem was I wasn't having a cycle and obviously you can't have a baby if you're not having a cycle. <laughs> and so for a while I was like, okay, like it'll just figure its way out. And that's what my OB had told me as well, or my um, gynecologist at that time, she said, you know, it'll just, it'll come back. And if it doesn't come back in X amount of time, then we'll start um, testing and medication or whatever we need to do. And I was like, okay. And I was in a lot of weddings that year too. So I was like, all right, we'll just kind of get past this year and see what happens. And so, and the end of, it was end of 2019 and I was not having a period still. And so I went into my gynecologist and they did the blood work. Everything came back normal. And that's kind of the dreaded thing is getting blood work and saying everything looks normal. And it's like, well, something's not normal here. Okay. So she prescribed me Provera, which is to induce your period. And then on top of that, she prescribed me Clomid, which um, induces ovulation. And so I was not super into functional medicine at this time yet. And really, I didn't know quite as much as I do now, obviously about the woman's cycle and all of that. So I was like, okay, I'm re we're ready. So I'm going to do whatever it takes right now. So I did that for three months with no success of a period or ovulation. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, um, the gynecologist told me to go see an RE, so a reproductive endocrinologist. So we made an appointment and during this time, this was in January of 2020, I started looking into more of the functional medicine route and just honing in on my diet and what I was actually eating. And the reason I say that is because I was into, um, macro counting and I was a heavy exerciser, yeah. especially the high intensity exercise. And so I was doing high intensity exercise and eating foods that, you know, were a lot of the time, fat-free, sugar-free, just kind of low calorie foods that were not nutritious to my body. Yes. And so I really started digging into what I was eating and transitioning into more of a whole food based diet and just kind of taking a look at what I was doing with the stresses in my life and exercise and all of that. So anyways, we had the appointment with the reproductive endocrinologist scheduled for March. And so, um, come March time, we go to that appointment and he diagnoses me with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is actually something that I kind of self-diagnosed myself mm -hmm. with because I knew I wasn't having a period. I was over-exercising, eating not super great for my body. 
And so I kind of thought that's what was going on as well. And so he told us that IUI was our next step. And then if that doesn't end up working after a while, then IVF would be a great option for us. So I was like, okay, IUI, I feel okay with that. So we went ahead and started doing the IUI process that summer. And it was June of 2020. And we had started that IUI that summer, but we weren't able to complete it due to my lining being very thin. Mm-hmm. So um, we had to skip that cycle and I ended up having a super long cycle and I actually ended up getting pregnant, which is super crazy. And I, that one ended up in a very early miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so at that time it was, it was really hard. And I, yeah, it was a very hard time because we had obviously been waiting so long for that. And I was like, oh my gosh, we got pregnant naturally. And then for it to end so quickly, it was just kind of that glimmer of hope. Um, I bet so women can relate to that too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one thing I do want to say on that topic is no matter when you had a loss, whether it be super, super early or, you know, later down the road, it's hard no matter what to. So, and I think women who have had early miscarriages sometimes feel like they can't justify their grief because it was so short. Mm -hmm. Um, but no matter what it's, it's a process to go through. So, um, okay. So to continue on after that point, I really went into the functional medicine route and I started doing acupuncture, looking into um, more specific, my diet and really focusing on sleep and what I was doing for my exercise. So those were the big things I started doing as we went through this IUI process. And we ended up doing three rounds of IUI. And within that time I had that first miscarriage. And then the second time um, we did the IUI, I got pregnant again and ended up having another early miscarriage. And then we did one more IUI. And then after that time, I just was so frustrated with how things were going and everything came back normal on my labs and all of that. So um, I ended up stopping with the medical routes of fertility and I just took a break from it all. And I just honed in on, like I said, my diet and exercise and acupuncture and more of that functional medicine side of things. And then I still wasn't getting pregnant, still wasn't getting pregnant. And so the summer of 2021, I, we decided my husband and I, that if it wasn't, if we weren't pregnant by the end of the year, then we would consider IVF. And so during that time, I just had been researching a ton of different things. What holistic approaches can I do? What natural remedies can I do? And I came across Mercier therapy through an Instagram live. And Mm -hmm. it just really struck me. I was like, oh my gosh, what is Mercier therapy? I need to know what this is. And so I just dove head first into researching this technique and I, she has a video out on it. I looked up different providers in the area who did it, all of that. And I come to find out that I can be trained in this. And so I felt like this was something I want to do for myself, but there was nobody in the Kansas city area that does it. And so I was like, I'm just going to sign up for the course. And so I signed up for the course in October. And at that time I was like, okay, I feel like this is going to be good for hopefully we can get pregnant from this. And then I'm able to help other women as well. And so come to find out a month before I had a super long cycle. I didn't ovulate until day 26 of that cycle. And I got 
pregnant. Mia and that is Mia. Yes. That's the cycle. I got pregnant with Mia and you know, about three weeks before I found out about Mia, or it's probably a little bit longer than that. Anyways, that cycle, I had done a little bit of manual work on myself and it was just from the research I'd done in mercy therapy and my physical therapy background. So I was really working the uterus area and just doing more relaxation type of techniques. And I really think that had a huge effect on that cycle and getting pregnant and staying pregnant. And so, um, I was super excited to get trained and I got trained in the therapy and I have been working with women on this ever since. And it's just been an incredible, incredible journey. That's amazing. (laughs) For those who are like, Mercier, what uterus, can you give us a little synopsis of what this therapy looks like? And then you offer it to women as well. So, yes. Okay. So Mercy Therapy, there are providers across the nation that do it. And there, um, Jen, I think I can give you a link for Mercy Therapy providers okay. throughout the nation. Them. Yeah. So um, Mercy Therapy is a hands-on visceral manipulation approach to fertility. And the beautiful thing about it is it is very holistic in nature, meaning we address not just the physical aspect of it, but also the mental and emotional component of it as well. And we do try to keep it more of a couple's approach. So it's not just the woman feeling like she has to do everything. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it's a visceral manipulation. And that means we are working hands-on deep into the uterus and the ovaries and all the way into the back, the glutes and the hips, because all of this plays a role in how the uterus functions, right? So with the visceral manipulation, we're working, um, like I said, deep into that uterus to help promote circulation, blood flow, overall mobility, because any organ that is not moving or getting good blood flow to it is slowly losing its life, right? It's not getting what it needs nutrient wise. And so this therapy really helps to just improve that lymphatic drainage and all of that good stuff to that area. So, and it is a six session protocol. So the client will come in for those six sessions, usually done weekly. And with that initial visit, we usually like to have the partner with you. And so we kind of talk about all of those things that go into it. What are you eating? What does your um, exercise routine look like? Sleep, mental, emotional state, all of that stuff we really dive into to make it that well-rounded picture. Was well, so you are like the definition of a holistic provider. I'm <laughs> so happy that we have you in the world. And I'm thinking eventually on my fertility and pregnancy journey, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to schedule this with Lizzie for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It, it can totally be a proactive type of therapy as well. And I think so often women just wait and wait and wait. And they're mm-hmm. told it's not really fertility struggles until it's been X amount of time. You know, usually they say it's been a year. And for me, I'm like, I want to do everything I can to set my body up for what we're trying to do here. So it can totally be a proactive type of thing. And it can be something done in conjunction with, you know, if you are someone that has to do a medicated cycle or IVF or something like that, it can be done in conjunction with that as well. Okay. So if a woman, so me, (laughs) I'm asking (laughs) for myself, actually, if a woman is not yet trying to get pregnant, but will in the nearest future, could she start Mercier or should she start it closer to trying to conceive? I would suggest starting it closer to when you're feeling like you're ready to try to conceive. Um, If you want to do it now, you absolutely can. But if I would, in my professional opinion, I would say, wait until you're like, okay, I think we're about time to 
start thinking about having kids. If you want to do it proactively, that's a great time to start. And is there any, this is getting specific, but I know a lot Mm -hmm. of the listeners know their bodies as well. Is there a certain time to start? Like if you're, you said six sessions, so should you have ovulation timed in the middle at the end? Was there any specifics there? I will start with anyone, really any time of their cycle, but if we can time it, I'll start it after they have started their period and then working towards that first ovulation. And then we just work through from there. But if you're ready to start right now, we can absolutely do that too. Okay. Technically, if if you do it six weeks, you could have two ovulations in there. Exactly. (laughs) Maximize your chances. All right. Exactly. (laughs) And this is really great for women who have um, you know, like endometriosis and PCOS and, um, those other kind of painful period type of things as well. So good to know that we have other options. Uh, Exactly. And that's how Mia got here and speaking. I'll let Lizzie share, but we had a special birth experience together, started with an energy healing session and led into a special invitation she extended and Lizzie, do you just want to tell us a little bit about your, or as much as you would like about your birth story? Sure. Of course. Oh my gosh. Um, first of all, Jen, you were an incredible light within our journey and we are so, so thankful you were able to be a part of it. Um, you really made it the birth experience that we hoped it would be. So thank you so much for that. So um, but our birth experience. So during my pregnancy, I'd always envisioned my birth just being very peaceful. And I was really hoping to do it unmedicated. And that the only reason was because I wanted to experience everything and I wanted to be able to move and feel and just kind of see what I was kind of made of too, and, and really dig deep within myself. And so that was my original plan. And so my birth experience, it definitely, it turned out really more beautiful than I could have imagined it being. Um, Definitely things were different than I thought it would be in some ways, but for the most part, it was the most incredible thing ever. So um, I guess, do you want me to start with like leading up, like what I did or do? Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So during my pregnancy, I did a lot of mental labor prep. And physical, of course, because that's, you know, that's what I do as a job and that's how I know my body. And so mental prep, I did a lot of affirmations and I did a lot of, um, I had some playlists that I would just listen to and I would do my pelvic floor relaxation exercises with that. And so I really did a lot of talking to Mia and just talking to myself about what I envisioned and kind of manifesting that and praying and, and really just setting my mind up for what I wanted that to look like. So I would um, do those affirmations as I would do my pelvic floor relaxation because the physical part of it is, I mean, it's a, it's an event. It is a marathon. That is for sure. And so, you know, it's one of those things I'm like, if you train how many weeks for an actual marathon, why are we not doing anything to train for labor? It is such a physically taxing event in our life. And so um, I did a lot of the pelvic floor relaxation stuff, mobility, and overall strength training as well to keep my endurance up for that special event. And so let's skip to when kind of labor was coming into play. So I, it was the day before I'd gone to a Royals game with family and I, um, I knew that something felt a little bit different. And even my family was like, are you okay? Is something going on? And so, um, that night at 2am I woke up and I just had, can I ask? 
Yeah. So I just felt like almost like a brain fog. Mm. I just felt like, I don't know. I wasn't completely all there. And I remember standing at my sister-in-law's, um, I was standing at their counter and I was just kind of like almost zoning out. And she's like, Lizzie, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just really tired. And I was tired. And so I think that was my body just telling me, you know, something's going to happen here. And so, um, we drove home and I went on with my night and, um, I went to bed that night, not thinking, you know, labor was going to happen or anything. And then I woke up about two or 3 AM that morning. And I just had this really dull cramping sensation. It was very dull. And so I was like, I, I don't really know what this is, but it was enough where I couldn't really go back to sleep. And so I got up and I started feeling a little bit of like a wave. And then it happened again, about 15 minutes later, I was like, okay, I think something might be happening. And so I decided to go downstairs and I knew I was like, okay, if this is actually labor, I want to kind of walk around and like get it going if it's actually happening. So I made my little raspberry leaf tea and was just kind of walking around the kitchen and started to time my contractions. And they were about 10 minutes apart. And then it was about 5 a.m. And my dad, he was staying with us. My mom and dad were there. Um, from the Royals game. And so he comes downstairs because he had to leave early. He's like, what are you doing up? And I was like, dad, I, I think I'm going into labor. And he was getting all excited and everything. And um, so my labor just started to progress eight minutes apart, five minutes apart. And then it was 6 a.m. And so I went and woke up Matt and I was like, hey, I think we're having this baby today. And he's like, wait, what? Really? And so <laughs> yeah, he gets up and gets going and everything. And um, at that time, my contractions did start to get rather intense. They definitely weren't curling over kind of contractions or anything, but I was like, all right, this is for sure happening. And so, um, I think we may have texted you around that time. Like, Hey, I think labor's it's happening today. We're going to have this baby. And so, um, my husband, Matt and my mom, we actually didn't have the car seat ready to go. So they were putting in the car seat in the car and I was just kind of laboring down and um, at that time, my water had just broke and it wasn't like a gush or anything, but I did feel like a pop sensation during a contraction. And so, um, water broke, got on my disposable underwear and got things ready. And, um, we get in the car and it was, that was definitely interesting riding in the car with having contractions. And, um, so we get to the hospital and they get us all checked in and everything. And, um, I am so thankful that, you know, with having a hospital birth, they did have the option of having a tub there because I absolutely loved laboring in the tub. And so, um, contractions got pretty intense and this is something I just didn't know. I think this is where the anxiety of birth came in for me a little bit was just, how is it going to feel? What is it going to feel like? Am I going to be able to do this? And I'm so glad that I practiced breathing techniques. And, um, there is a birth course that I did called the positive birth company. Mm. It was a really great birth course of just learning different breathing techniques and how to do that during the different parts of labor. Um, and then moving into transition and active labor and all that kind of stuff. So, um, anyways, I was laboring in the tub, doing my breathing techniques. And then I think that's when Matt texted me was like, okay, Lizzie, like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but she's probably going to be going and, you know, Mia's going to be here soon. So, you getting there was just, I mean, it was such a calming presence. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something we really needed too, was just, I needed that reassurance as well, because at that time it was starting to get pretty tough for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
how long, like, how long am I going to be in labor here? Mm -hmm. And so having you there to give me counter pressure and just kind of walk me through it and really having you to talk to the nurses. So I didn't have to do that. You knew my wishes. Like that was such a piece of our birth story that I'm so thankful we had. Um, so anyways, we go through birth or we go through, um, these contractions and it ended up that I did have that anterior lip. I don't, I'm sure you remember, but, um, I think you had said, um, okay, I, I think this is what's going on, Lizzie. We're going to check here. And so they did the check and um, they kind of swooped the cervix so that she could start to make her way down a little bit more. And um, I think it was pretty soon after that, I, I started getting that pushing kind of sensation. Yeah. And I remember, I, I'm pretty sure this was transition because it got real intense there for a second. And I remember just praying Hail Marys because I was like, I cannot do this. There's, I'm not gonna be able to make it through this. And I think most women going through transition kind of get to that space of, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. And yes. that's where, you know, having Matt there and you just reassuring me, you're so close. Mia is so close. And that's something I kept telling myself too, is each contraction brings me closer to Mia, closer to Mia. We're almost there. And so, um, finally get that per pushing sensation. And so, um, we, we get all set up and I ended up pushing on all fours with my, my arms raised. And that's just kind of the position I felt naturally you comfortable in. Incredible. I want to just <laughs> offer as your doula, what I saw, I mean, this woman, you can, <laughs> well, it makes sense all the prep you've done. So there's that, there's an energy in birth. I mean, the heaven yeah. and earth are opening up to bring a baby here. A, a soul is fully coming into a baby and a baby's coming to join us and a mom goes through some really intense physical experiences and it's totally human nature. And I would probably do this. I haven't had a baby, but I'm going to have a really good doula there. when I do <laughs> I see women over the hundreds of births that I've been at, they run from it because, yeah. oh my gosh, it's, in, it's terrifying and incredible. And like, yes. this pain, like, it's like, unlike anything you've ever felt Liz, you're like you, I just remember you were holding on to Matt when things were getting more and more intense and you just met that, those sensations, those waves. Yes. Your uterus was performing to bring Mia here, dilate the cervix. You just met it. And yeah. that gave you a power and a peace and a stability that rode you through the entire birth. And then when you went to push, it was like what I saw. And I want, I wonder what it was like for you. You got to take all of that. It was kind of like shoving it to the pain, like giving it back. You're like, okay all right, birth, you want to see what's up? And then you just sunk into that bed on all fours. And you're like, <laughs> and you were amazing. You were like a warrior princess. And oh then my gosh, you're you incredible. Like glowing and laying with her and just like, yep, that, I could do that 10 times over again. Jen, do you practice as a doula anymore? As a former NICU and labor delivery nurse, I have women asking me this question often, and I knew it would come up after this episode with Dr. Lizzie. I so wish I could physically be with all the mamas in my life and in this healing community through their pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding journey. The truth is I can't, but there is a sacred third option that has been revealed to me in a way that I can continue to serve in this birth doula manner, and I'm so excited about it. I have taken all of the information from doula prenatal visits with mom and dad, home visits, prepping for baby, breastfeeding consultations as an IBCLC feeding baby, 
labor prep sessions, and functional medicine fertility visits. And I've compiled the must-know information, labor roadmap, low intervention birth guide, questions like when to go to the hospital, how to hire the right doula, and so much more into one place for women. Even if I can't be at your birth physically, I can surely help you create the pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding experience of your dreams. Sign up by the link in the show notes to receive more information about my live six-week I Am Woman sequel course for all of your pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding needs. When you sign up for more information, you will be one of the very first to receive the chance to register for this live course with personalized guidance from me and an incredible lineup of experts I trust to guide you through this motherhood journey. Yeah, you know, and it is one of those things. I just, like, birth does something to you that it just, I mean, it really births a new person, not just your baby, like, you become someone else. And it's it's an experience I'm like, I really hope I get to experience this again someday because it was, I mean, transformative. Like, it changed me as a person. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm able to be a mom now, but just in other ways too, I'm just changed as a person. So, um, I do remember laughing through some of the pushes, like we're so close. Like I'm just ready. And I just, yeah, it was an incredible experience. All of those hit workouts that weren't, you know, I told, I was talking about this and I'm like, I see these women who have these like beautiful curls and I'm like, I love this for you. You look incredible after birth, but that was not me. I was a sweaty mess. I was like, I had gone through the biggest workout of my entire life. So, um, I was a hot mess, but you, you couldn't take that glow away from my face for anything. (laughs) No, you couldn't. And the way that you brought me into this world was sacred and powerful. And Matt was so engaged and such a rock of support. And like, I just, if what, through this podcast and through this conversation, if we could give women a glimpse of like what is available to them, yes. given oh my gosh, the support, like oh my gosh, the birth that machine that I like to call it would change dramatically. Yes, oh my gosh, and that's you know I had gone back and forth of do I want to do a home birth? Do I want to do a birth center? Do I want to do a hospital? And I think no matter what setting you choose, you should be able to get the birth that you want. And I was a little bit nervous going into a hospital setting that I would be pushed pain meds or I would be pushed this and that. And that's of course why I had, you know, you as a doula and I, you know, thankfully I didn't feel like I had that experience. I felt like I got to birth the way I wanted to. And I think that's what women, you know, really need to know is if you have something in mind, you can have that kind of birth experience. Like your birth is your birth. And you should be able to have that. And there are resources out there like the doula and, you know, find a doctor that is willing to meet your wishes as well. So, and I have seen it, Lizzie, both ways. And that's why we're doing, you know, the I am woman birth prep and pregnancy prep program for education of like, what was different. I've seen births where in a hospital setting that many of them that were as incredible and sacred and powerful and not pushed and completely your wishes respected. Mm-hmm. And I've seen mm-hmm. hospital births that did not go like that. And yeah, I could give it one thing that other than divine circumstances that we had no control over, it's the mom's energy 
and how she feels empowered and educated and going in and being like, yes, this is my first time here. No, I don't know what's totally going to happen, but like, I'm setting the tone and this is what we're going to do. And here's my, your posse. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that's, you know, to touch on that and like your course and everything too, it's just, if you educate yourself ahead of time, just to know what the options are, what possible outcomes are, you will feel so much more empowered about your birth because you at least know there's these different paths that could happen. And birth is one of those things that it is unknown, some things that will happen. But when you feel empowered and educated, it's amazing how much you can set the tone for, you know, the birth experience too. And so what were your deepest desires for your birth in a hospital setting? And, and you've touched on a lot, but through those desires, maybe we can illustrate how you allowed those to come to fruition. Yeah. So I would say my deepest desires were, I wanted it to be a very peaceful environment. I did not want a nurse telling me you need to push, or we need to go do this, or you need to do that. I did not want to be told what to do because I also know myself and, and my personality. And I, I'm very much, I can be passive sometimes. And I just do what people tell me, especially in the moment when I can't really advocate for myself. And so um, that's why I set myself up in ways where that wouldn't happen. But that was my biggest desire was to just feel like I can birth the way I want to. And of course I desired for everything to go well and for Mia to be healthy. Um, But really I just wanted it to be an environment that I, you know, it's such a vulnerable time. I wanted to feel safe in, and that's, that's what I got, which I'm super thankful for. I'm amazed at your ability to articulate I think this is woman kind of when sometimes we feel pressure, don't feel like, like on the moment we can feel pressed and yeah. so like, okay, I'm just going to set myself up. And you knew like, Hey, I might not be able to be on point every moment during my birth, but I know here are the resources that I'll need. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, just medical wise, if a nurse or, you know, a, a medical professional is telling you we need to do this or else you know, making sure that you actually know what does that or else mean? Like, is this really something that's crucial or is this just something that makes it easier for you possibly, or just the way you're used to having things done? And so, um, yeah, I think easily we can fall into that and it's no fault to the woman by any means. It's just sometimes how the system is set up, which is really unfortunate, but, um, by having conversations like this, I think it gets out there that it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) because in our minds as women, we're like, yes, I'm going to go to a safe place, whether that be a hospital or birth center or professionals in the home to give birth to my baby. These professionals are caring for me. They will always have my best interest in mind. We haven't always evolved in that way in the medical. Absolutely. And so having all the education and all the empowerment that will set you up to know and your support team to know whether it's a doula, a partner, a sister, a friend, whoever that is to, to know, like, mm, that might feel, that's a little bit off from my education and training and what I know. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. So what do you think it was that I know you, you wanted to bring Mia in the most peaceful way, the most, the way that would advocate for your body's natural process. And mm-hmm. like, how were you able to incorporate those desires into your first birth? You know, I think it really came down to my mental preparation and just, you know, telling myself that no matter what happens during the birth, obviously Mia is going to come this way, but 
I feel like doing that mental preparation ahead of time, when you're in your most vulnerable moments, that's where your mind goes is what have you been telling yourself all along? And what I told myself was my body is safe. My baby is safe. And I am 100% capable of doing this. There are angels surrounding me. God is watching over me. And I prayed so hard for one, you Jen, to be able to make it. And two, for nurses that were just very mindful and understanding of a medicated birth or an unmedicated birth. Um, and, you know, I, I was able to get that. And I, I really think it had a lot to do with just preparing mentally for that in order to get the desires that I really wanted out of the, the birth experience. Did you ever have any fears or doubts about your ability to bring Mia in, in this way? You know, when I really think about it, I knew all along I could do it. I just, I felt in my gut, I was like, I can do this. Other women in the past have done this. Yes. And why can't I do this? I know I can do this. And then, you know, in the moment when I was hitting transition, I was like, no way I can't do this. But that's when I knew she was super close. So I think really deep down, I, I knew, and I prayed about it. And I just really kept telling myself, you can do this. You are absolutely capable of this. So your ability to research and prepare is what makes one of the reasons what makes you such an incredible human and practitioner. And I know just as you were researching Mercier therapy and did visceral manipulation on yourself and therapy, and then you got pregnant, you were doing all the things with information and education to prepare for birth. So what was like the most important aspect you learned about your body in a new way, even being a doctor of physical therapy that you learned about going into birth? You know, I think it's that our bodies are 100% capable of healing and evolving and changing and they will meet our needs. Like our body will meet our needs where it needs to. And just seeing myself go from, you know, no period at all to healing that aspect of it and really digging deep into that, like my body can heal that way. And then seeing it change so much during pregnancy and just really being vulnerable to it and allowing those changes and embracing them and, and seeing beauty in each stage of it too. And then that postpartum time, it's insane that the changes your bodies go through, not just physically, but the hormones and, and all of that, that go with it. It's, it's incredible to see now where I'm at and just the healing that has taken place from giving birth to now, of course it takes, you know, I've put in a lot of work for it, but our bodies are incredible at healing themselves when we really put in the effort and seek out how to do that. What is, so on the postpartum, because you have an incredible program, I'm going to ask you all about that. I want everyone <laughs> to know about it's in the show note links. So just go there. If you're like, I need Lizzie's medicine, just, just go ahead and go right now. Um, <laughs> in that postpartum period. So you just, I mean, for women having, whether it's vaginal and cesarean births, okay, the main events over, but like, where are women left in the dark and what do they need to transition from baby bliss? I'm skin to skin now. Now what, now what do women do? Totally. It's, oh man, this is a topic. Gosh, I could spend all day talking about, but let's make it concise here. So, <laughs> um, the postpartum period, this is a time that I think needs some of the biggest changes in, especially the medical world. And I say that because we have one postpartum visit. If you are, you know, giving a hospital birth, 
you have one postpartum visit with your doctor and that's it. Unless you have a C-section, sometimes you have two. And you think about all these prenatal visits we have. And then once it's done, it's like, okay, baby's safe. Mom, you look pretty fine. So take it easy and, um, you know, your body will recover. And that is so frustrating to me and very frustrating in the sense that even research shows like you have to do something for your body in order to heal. And they show that a diastasis in most, most cases does not just heal on its own. You have to put in the effort for it. And that's with anything with the postpartum period. It's, we need to give more nourishment to our mothers. And especially the first few months of giving birth, your body is changing significantly with breastfeeding or not breastfeeding and just things kind of going back to where they were. And so just giving women a place to start, like, what do I even do? What, what do I even start with? And so if we can just guide women on where to start, it can just change the game and change long-term issues as well. Where did you start? So, you know, I feel like I'm a little biased in this because this is my background. Like I'm a pelvic floor PT. I feel like I knew, you know, part of the rehab protocol. Um, but it really starts with the breath and that's so simple yet so unknown, but it starts with the breath and reconnecting to that pelvic floor and that deep core. And most women have no idea how to even connect to their pelvic floor and deep core. And so that's where we have to start postpartum is figuring out, okay, what does this feel like down there? How do I even get back to those muscles? How do I connect my body? How do I feel okay with my body again? And that starts with learning how to do the right breathing. So I'm sitting here, another woman in another moment of the now is sitting or standing or driving, listening to this. Can you show us how to connect? Sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So when we talk about breathing, really, when you work on your breath, this is how you get your pelvic floor to move. So what you want to think about is when we're doing diaphragmatic breathing to connect with our pelvic floor and our deep core, we have to know how to relax our pelvic floor. So when you do an inhale, you want to think about breathing 360 degrees around your rib cage and then down into your pelvic floor. So envision your pelvic floor opening like a flower as you inhale. Okay. So let's do that together here. We're going to do a big inhale. So here we go. Inhale into your hands, rib cage, down into your pelvic floor, and you should feel that pelvic floor open. Now, when you exhale, this is where we do that pelvic floor contraction and that deep core contraction. So pelvic floor contraction, it feels like you're stopping the flow of pee and stopping gas from escaping. So it's the two sides of your pelvic floor. And then you want to think about lifting that back up or sucking that pee back up and then gently wrapping your core in. Okay. So we're going to do that together here. So start with an inhale, 360 degrees around down into the pelvic floor. Now exhale, stopping that flow of pee, sucking it back up and then wrapping that deep core. And then you just repeat. And it takes a while to really hone into it and get used to it and tap into it. But that's why it takes practice. You just have to lay down or sit up or whatever position you're doing it in. You just have to practice and really think about what's going on with your body. I had no idea in the breath, how much the pelvic floor did. Until oh my just- gosh. Yes, it is absolutely involved. It's, it sits, you know, right under there, all your organs, and then your diaphragm. So when your diaphragm moves, it pushes your organs down just a little bit. And so your pelvic floor moves down and then vice versa with the exhale. So it's pretty incredible. 
Amazing. So I know so many women are like, okay, I need more of this. I need more of Lizzie. I need some help. (laughs) Can you tell us about the incredible program you're launching to the, into the world, which link is in the show notes. It'll be available this summer, your mind, body core, 12 week postpartum pelvic floor program. What do you want? Oh man, this, I am so passionate about, and I've been working on this for over a year now. I've been watching it inspired. Oh my gosh. It's, and this is something I did through my postpartum journey as well. And I really just put it into a package so other people can do it as well. And so this is a postpartum pelvic floor program. It's 12 weeks in bulk, meaning it's a 12 week exercise rehab type of protocol that you do weekly. And within it, there are so many resources. So for C-section moms, there's an extra two weeks that you do prior so that you know where to start because there's extra precautions with that incision. And then I walk you through how to do scar mobility for C-section, how to do perineal massaging for any perineal tears. Um, I mean, there's so much we go into depth with, with um, incontinence, pain with intercourse, all the different pelvic floor dysfunctions I put into this program so that you can be educated on it and know where to go for it. And then I also throw in things like breastfeeding and nutrition recipes, baby milestones, just the whole gamut so that it's really a well-rounded package for women just to feel like, okay, I know what's going on with my body because every woman deserves to know and be educated on their body and what's going on. So that is really why I made this program so that I can walk side by side with you and take you through this postpartum journey. I I'm so grateful that I will one, have this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that you've created it for women, because like you said, like postpartum women are left in the dark and if they're having pain or prolapse or incontinence, and then on top of that, they have a baby they're caring for and going out to appointments is hard. Like they can purchase this, sign up on your email list to receive it, and then be at home and have you guide them and go through all of the steps and not miss a beat. I mean, it's it's incredible just knowing because the world of online courses, how it's so hard to, to cater to everyone, but you've done it in a way of like C-section vaginal birth. And with your expertise, like there's there it's foolproof. Like if you do Lizzie's program, like your body will heal. I, well, I appreciate that. And I really do have 100% faith in this program and I just, yeah, I really want it to get out to the world so that women can feel empowered and just encouraged overall. So I'm excited. (laughs) What can a woman anticipate when she signs up for this program to receive from her mind, her body and her core? So that's the reason I named it that is because it really allows you to hone into obviously the body component of it and reconnecting to your pelvic floor and core, but also the mental component of it too. And, and that whole point of feeling encouraged and empowered and really the education behind it all, that's, I want women to feel like they are capable of healing and that they can heal. And if they put in just a little bit of effort, they can make significant changes within their body. So that's what you can expect to find in the program is just the encouragement and the empowerment in healing your body, um, both mentally and physically. Thank you for creating this. This is incredible. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I want to, I want you to imagine, cause this question, I want to paint it. And so you can really make it juicy. There's 50 women in your office. Okay. Half of us, a third of us have never had a birth. A third of us have had a birth. We don't desire 
And a third of us have had a birth that was great, but we want to make the next one even better. Mm -hmm. What would you say to women who are hearing your story and they're like, wow, I've had fertility struggles, or I went into birth not knowing what it was going to be like, or I've had one and I want to change it. What is the message you'd like to leave with women and mamas all over the world today? You know, I would like to say, one, you absolutely are capable of healing. No matter what any doctor or person has told you about your mental state or your physical state, or that you're deemed normal, you absolutely can heal. And that goes into my second part is to advocate for yourself. And I'm super passionate about this and and advocating for yourself through all aspects of womanhood. So fertility, if you don't feel right about something or you feel like something's off and everyone keeps telling you you're normal or you have to do this or that, and you feel deep in your gut, you need to trust your intuition and trust your instincts that it's not right. And the answers are out there for you. And you may have to dig for yourself, um, but advocate, keep advocating for yourself. And that goes into your birthing experience. If you feel in your gut or you have an intuition of this is what I want out of it. And this is what I deserve. Find it and you will find it and just keep advocating yourself. And then it goes into the postpartum period as well. If you feel like something is off, it is not just, this is how it is to be a mom, to have these issues. Keep advocating for yourself because your body can heal. Standing ovation, tears, <laughs> clapping. So good. Um, There's passion um, behind this. Lift <laughs> that. And it's so true. Like, and women, we have this extra boosted intuition and extra, like, especially as a mom, when you have a, a baby living in your body, that's literally a connection from heaven to earth just being at birth and witnessing birth as a doula or nurse and all the different hats. I've never seen a mom or woman speak from her intuition and it'd be wrong. Yes. I've seen a mom or a woman speak from her intuition and not be well-received, but as she advocated and said, Hey, quote unquote experts, I'm, I'm going with my expertise from God. And this is what I'm feeling. And it's, yes. it's always been right. Absolutely. I can't, I cannot agree with that more. Yes. Thank you for that message, Lizzie. All right. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. I want to give you a couple of rapid fire questions so everyone can get to know you a little bit better before they dive into mind, body, core and spend 12 weeks with you. And then maybe book some sessions with you after that. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I have five questions. Number okay. one, what's your Enneagram? Oh, I am an Enneagram two wing three. Beautiful. I could totally see that motivated. Yes. And you know, this is actually something really quick that I would say, look at your Enneagram because it does make a difference oh. with your birth experience. Yes. Yes. Cause okay. I looked into that. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you, you have that like go getter goal oriented part of you and you I remember we're also concerned. Like you asked me like in between a contraction, if I wanted a snack and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, very much so. I wanted people around me to be comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, do you know? <laughs> was, oh my like, gosh. Your Enneagram two, your helper was coming out. Yeah. Okay. Number two, what is your favorite food? It can be indulgent. Oh, you know, off the top of my head, I think because I'm really wanting it right now is pineapple. And I have these little um homemade Reese's that I make. Mm -hmm. oh so good. And I, I try not to make them often because I will just eat the whole batch. So, um, 
So I do um, dark chocolate chips and then I do um, peanut butter. And then I had add some collagen and maple syrup and I make those into balls and then I cover it with the dark chocolate and coconut oil. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Those would not stand a chance here in my house. No, they are <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Okay. Number three, what are you most grateful for? Oh, mm, I feel like this is always a tough question because there's so many things I could say, but really I, I'm just grateful for God's presence in my life and just having that faith to trust in his plan for me. And I mean, there's so many things that have already just come into fruition from it, like Mia and getting into our new home. And, um, I think I'm just grateful that he has a plan for me and everybody. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good reminder. (laughs) Your, Your faith is really something to, that I look up to. Well, thank you. It's, it's a huge part of my life. So (laughs) number four, when was your proudest moment in your life? Um, you know, I feel like it was my birth and I feel like that may be a lot of people's, but like I had talked about earlier, it just, it totally transformed me and it showed me how much I am capable of. And just being able to bring a human soul into this world, it's just, it was the most incredible day of my life. And I'm, I'm so proud of everything that I went through. Lizzie, you were incredible. <laughs> Thank like, you. Oh my gosh. I know with, like the videos and the photos and just like that energy, like you harnessed and channeled an energy like I've never seen before. Thank you, Jen. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I was on a great birth high for several days from that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I just, I can't get over it. And I'm like, I want to relive that day. You know, we called it the perfect day in that song. And oh yeah. from Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, I think about that song all the time and it really was the perfect day. And I'm like, I would relive it in a heartbeat. So it really was perfect on my perspective too. Well, last question, number five, and this will be fine since you're a researcher, what books are you currently reading? What's the next thing on Lizzie's mind? Oh my gosh. You know, I'm the type of person where I read like multiple books at one time. Yep. Um, but I did actually just finish reading a book and I'm on to two new ones. And one of them is um, November 9 by Colleen Hoover. Okay. And it, it's just like a, a fun book. And then the other one is Atomic Habits. And I read this book a long time ago. And I'm rereading it because I need that oomph of kind of getting into some better habits lately. So I'm excited to dive back into it. Thank you for that. I know I have a couple of books at one time on my stack right now for preparing for the program I have. You probably remember these mindful birthing and birthing from within. Oh, yes. Love those. Love those. Those are super helpful. My two favorite birth books for for those who are listening. So yes, I'm glad you um, recommended those to me during my pregnancy. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. Lizzie, and for those listening, I know you feel you're like, I need more of Dr. Lizzie's medicine. So check out her mind body core 12 week postpartum pelvic floor program in the show notes. And we'll see you next week. Did someone cut the onions? I'm literally wiping away dampness in my eyes from all the sacred moments that Dr. Lizzie shared with us and the medicine in her message for all women. If you have lost faith in the medical system or birth machine, you now know there's a better way to bring your sweet baby into this world. And once your sweet baby is here, you do not have to be left in the dark during your healing process. 
Two things you must do right now. First, if you don't already, go follow Lizzie, Doc Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, D-P-T on Instagram for her plethora of free healing information. And then secondly, get on the wait list to be one of the very first to receive her postpartum mind-body core program. Whether you're two days or two years postpartum, there is still healing available for you, mama. Thank you for being here with us this week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a review so women all around the world can receive this healing message. We'll see you next week.